0: Hey, 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 and welcome back to Level Up with Lori. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I have an interesting, well interesting in the fact that I'm going to preface it and tell you all about my surroundings right now in a couple minutes, but an absolutely powerful and message-driven episode ahead of you. You need a pen and a paper and you need a quiet space for this one because I dig into um, really valuing our time and prioritizing our time and setting up systems inside our network marketing business with Charlene Fike. Um, You need to go find her on Instagram. She is one powerhouse of an entrepreneur. She has been in network marketing marketing for over 39 years, is a industry leader, is absolutely incredible, has set up over four or five businesses on top of her network marketing business, and just honestly has so much incredible and valuable information to share that I just absolutely know you're going to love. Um, this episode and I really hope to stay connected with her in the future because I felt like the entire message that she was giving was directed to everything that I stand for and everything that I want to build into my life and into my business and what is absolutely hilarious right now is that Charlene was visiting her family and was in her car doing the interview and I am at my mother-in-law's because you guys know I have crazy, terrible um, country internet and can barely ever hold an interview at my own house, so I came to my mother-in-law's to do this interview and actually set up an entire day of interviews for today and and tomorrow, actually. Um, So let's hope it doesn't come to this tomorrow, but I'm literally sitting outside on her front porch right now, as close as I can to the front door so the internet connection continues to work, because at the exact time that I was starting this interview, she started doing her weekly bridge meeting. And there must have been a few hard of hearing on that call, because it felt like even though we were floored apart from one another. It felt like we were in the same room and she was screaming directions at me. (laughs) So I was trying to hide in any corner of the house, but she lives in a townhome that's pretty small. So out on the front porch, I went. And so I'm hoping that you will forgive me for this call, but I'm pretty sure there was a plane that went overhead at about the same time that there was a also a train and seven Mack trucks. And she literally lives in a subdivision where nothing normally is going on. But of course, on the exact moments that I'm trying to record this, um, it's just keeping it real and keeping it interesting over here, you guys. So I wanted to preface this interview with giving you the heads up that the sound may not be absolutely incredible, but the message is really, really powerful. And I hope that you take it to heart and take all of the tips that Charlene so freely gave us today to heart and start instilling these values and these time blocks into your own business to move you, move you forward and to establish those habits that are really going to bring you closer to success. So you guys, without further ado, um, enjoy this. This episode, and I hope you love it as much as I enjoyed recording it. All right, Charlene, thank you so much for being on this call with me. Um, we are both for you guys can't see this. But like Charlene is in her car, I am sitting out front of my mother in law's house. So if you hear a little bit of traction in the background that we are improvising here in the busiest of worlds. But thank you so much for being on this call with me. I know you're with your grandchildren right now. So taking time out of that um, incredible for you to be on the call. Yeah, no my pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to our chat. Definitely. Um, okay, so I'm just going to ask you a couple fun little icebreakers just to get started. And I have to pull them up on my computer. But for instance, what did you have this morning for breakfast? Oh, okay. I had a <laughs> These are really skill testing questions,
1: I'm telling you. <laughs> it's fine. I had green tea, which I always start my morning with a cup of green tea and when it's quiet, And then I had a cup of coffee with my husband and we
0: had a protein shake and I ate blueberries, which are some of my favorites. See, we can get to know a lot about each other from what we had for breakfast. I had literally water. That was it. I I was off the run. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what was the last thing you bought online?
1: Hmm, I just seem like I just bought something yesterday. I buy online all the time. It's a, it's a fetish. I shouldn't do it.
0: But these days,
1: it's just the easiest way to go. It's just, my life becomes easy and we're moving into a new household in August. So I bought, what did I buy? I bought some organization stuff for our pantry. Ooh,
0: I, lo- I think you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> organization stuff. Um, okay. So last one. And this one, um, you probably will be easy to answer, but what is a favorite book that you have or a podcast that you listen to all the time?
1: You know, there is one book that aside from the Bible, I've probably read more than any book ever. And I have it, even when I travel, I take it with me. It's that kind of a book and it's called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And I think it's a good book for entrepreneurs or anybody who's starting any creative endeavor, because it really doesn't matter. You can just kind of flip the book and there's some juicy something in there. And the whole point of the book is that he says that When anybody's creative, like you're starting something or you're a writer or whatever it is, and that's my field is creativity, you always run up against resistance. And so for me every day, it is a psychological battle to overcome the inertia of the easy path and choose the harder way. And so for me, that book is almost like a devotional and I'll say it again so that you can get it, but it's called The War of Art not the art of war, the, the military one. I was going to say, that sounds
0: that. very familiar, but that must be what I was thinking of. Yeah, and I think everybody should
1: read it, and it, it's like, I, I made my sister-in-law read it one time, I was my, my daughter was going to school in New York, and and she was like, I don't read, and I'm like, well, then screw it, We're, I'm going to read it out loud to you, you drive. <laughs> so we left from D.C. to go visit Janelle in Brooklyn at art school that she was in, and I read it out loud to her the whole way. Like it takes that long from if you've ever driven that it's about four hours, <laughs> but I read it out loud to her with, that's what stops to say, Oh my gosh. So I really think it's a book that people should read. If you are starting anything, because you'll hear something about yourself because being in business for yourself, it's all about tricking yourself to do that, which you don't want to do. And then once you get past that you're fine, but it's that push that what he calls resistance, um, that I just find that I need that, you know, maybe more than most people, but it's kind of like a devotional book for me. So that's the one book I think I would highly recommend anybody get a copy of and don't buy the ebook.
0: Don't buy the ebook. Well, I mean, you
1: can, but there's something about having that by your nightstand because the way he writes it, you know, a lot of authors, no offense to anybody who's listening that is an author, but a lot of times they have a great idea for a book or they have a great idea or a concept they're wanting to share. And then what ends up happening is they fill it with a bunch of crap so that they can sell a fatter book where they should have just written what they needed to have done and close it so that they don't waste our time. A lot of business books to me feel like that. It's like I scroll, 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 find the important pertinent thing. And I read a lot of like executive book summaries and I have apps like Blinkist that summarize books for that reason. Cause I'm looking to see, do they actually have something more in here than just filler, but this book isn't like that. What he does is if he has a thought to say, and it's a paragraph, that's all that's on the page. And then you flip it and then maybe four pages of gems because he's not filling it with stuff. So that's why I feel like a physical book, sometimes we need those because I keep it by my bedside. And it's like, if I'm at all discouraged, I just like flip it. And I know that anywhere I land my finger, I'm going to be fine. And I especially do it like right now, I'm in this real creativity push where we're producing a lot. And so I'm fighting resistance. So I'm really reading it. So I think that's why it's front and center
0: in my brain. I love how you talk about resistance. And I think that there's this interesting notion that people think that successful people are motivated all the time where that is not even close to true. It's really successful people are just as motivated as the average person, but they have those habits instilled in their day to day that like push them through those moments of not being motivated. And when they're not motivated, they still know what they need to do to find success. And is it's absolutely. Kind of what to? Yeah. It's really true, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's
1: actually been the thing that I've learned the most in business is that no one's gonna motivate me. And if I'm waiting for anything external to motivate me or if I'm waiting for my company's XYZ prize to motivate me, I mean, those are all just nice icing on the cake if you get to go on a trip or you get a car or, or whatever. Those are bonuses, but they should never motivate you because you're setting yourself for potential disappointment.
0: Absolutely, because then as soon as you don't hit that, get that carrot, or as soon as you like kind of fall short of something, you almost fall off of the grid completely because that piece of motivation is gone.
1: Yep. And I learned that for me, I mean, I've been in network marketing for 38 years. And what I learned the hard way was, you know, those first years I had a lot of success. And so it was like, you know, you kind of almost start building and believing your own press. But the real reality is that life is cyclical and the way company compensation plans are structured for incentives and rewards, it's like you always have to be on top and producing that. I mean, you know, think about it from your company's perspective. They're rewarding your behavior and your activity with some carrot, thinking that's the key. And for me, what I realized was the first time all my friends went on an international trip and I didn't make it. It was a hard thing for me. I had to come back and realize I'm not doing this business for the incentives. That's a perk. I'm doing this for something totally different. And if I get anything, then I'm going to celebrate it just like the next person does. But I'm not going to build my motivation around that because I'm setting myself up to potential failure. And I can't do that emotionally. That's not what I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself probably from where you want to go in this
0: time. I really, really like that because I think a lot of times we really center our motivation around those carrots and I'll be the first to say, like, I think I built my business on the carrots just because I wasn't really paying attention to the fact that I was building a business in the beginning. I was just going for carrots. And really, if you are a carrot chaser, you will inevitably build a business, but there is a point in that building of a business where you actually have to flip the switch and it needs to become a business rather than simply a, a chase. Right. And I'm a
1: carrot driven, motivated person. Just, I think anybody who's competitive has carrots in front of them. I just want to be in control of which carrots I put out there. Ooh, like, I like I want that. to control my own destiny because Absolutely. you know, the thing is, is that you never know. Like right now there, because of the pandemic we've just went through, our person, my personal company that I'm working with canceled their high achiever. They, I mean, they had to cancel everything. There was a trip to, um, the French Alps that I've earned canceled trip to Costa Rica canceled. Right, And if, you and if I the- built my whole life around that. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I built my life around that, I'm screwed. So mm-hmm. I feel like you need to look at those as, wow, that's such a gift. And then, you know, then you don't kind of go, like I've been around this, so I'm a little bit more of a veteran, but what ends up happening is when people start getting into this complaining mode where they're like, well, this year's convention wasn't as good as last year's convention. And they kind of almost start doing that without knowing what that does to somebody who that's their first time. Very self destructive too. You're taking away the, the nice glasses from somebody by saying, oh, Switzerland was better than Italy. I mean, you know, like what's up with that? Yes. And so, um, I feel like it's important to just always come with wonder that this is a, a perk.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: I think that's sustained me over the years, to be honest.
0: So what, what pillars then, and you're right, we're skipping right ahead, but who cares? We're in a good <laughs> conversation here and like, let's go with it. Um, but what pillars then do you build your business around in terms of like keeping yourself? And I know like we talked about motivation. It needs to come from habits, but like what kind of pillars do you build to, inside your life that you connect to, to keep you moving forward? Well, I'm a real big
1: uh, believer that a, a what I am attracted to and the team that I want to cultivate is I have a real clear picture of who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. And the, the, so it's almost like they come to me because I am looking, I, they're very clear in my head who I want to work with. And what I want to work with is people who have passion and they have a drive to do something that's in them that they can't shake, but they don't have money. And so the income is a vehicle for them to fulfill the dream that they have in their heart. That's kind of my specialty. I like working with that kind of person because if they have a why that's really compelling, then we can work on the habits and the disciplines and I can help them with the tools and finding their best strategies. But to be really honest, I don't want somebody who has 40 hours in their time because they're going to squander it. I would rather work with somebody that's got 10, 12, 15, 18 hours. And so the reason I need someone to have a bigger why is because then once they start getting into the income bracket where this is making a financial return to them, then they think, oh, I'm going to, I'll just put in more hours to the very thing that got them to where they needed to go. And then the the thing that I think happens is then when you have more time, it's like a sucking sound of it fills it up. The space gets filled, but you may be not working on the right things. Mm -hmm. So if someone has a big enough why, like one of my sales leaders that I'm working with, I love her. She's, she's a therapy, um, horse coach Mm -hmm. and she does this so she can afford it. And so she has her own place. She affords it. So she works her business on the side to be able to be free financially to do this. And then she's recruiting team members, but her time is really focused because it's about something bigger. And I feel like sometimes that's kind of the thing that we don't talk about in network marketing. It's like, when I see people who go, well, I'm going full time and I've got 40 hours, I just know that they probably their business might stagnate a little bit because they don't, they, they don't stay as sharp in how to execute your time well with, with, cause that's who we got to coach. We've got to coach people who have full-time jobs and are full-time moms and homeschooling and, or, you know, they're, they're working full-time. And I got to coach men in that are working on business, but they want freedom financially, and this is their vehicle. And so if I fill it up and say, I'm working 40 hours, in some ways I'm lying to them that they can do this on the side. So I feel like a why is really important that is there and then really skilling up on how you use your time so that you do the priorities first and let everything else kind of trickle in Mm -hmm. as needed instead of let me get to the easy stuff. That's why the book I was mentioning is so important because it forces me to go get to the hard stuff first and then work your way to the easy. And most people approach life with, well, I'll just go with the low-hanging fruit. I'll go with the easy, and then they don't have results. So,
0: right, and they have they run out of time before they ever get to the big things. Yep. Now, if you had some advice in terms of time management, it sounds like this is one of your areas of specialty. Um, what would you tell somebody just starting out? Like, how how do they best use their time? Let's say they only have ten hours a week.
1: Oh well, I just finished filming a whole course on this with my son. That, But I really believe that it's essential to think in terms of not time management, but managing yourself in respect to time. And I'm a big proponent on blocking your time rather than scheduling your time. Because if you time block there's really only two things you can do during every time block and most people get that wrong. They think they got to cram in a gazillion things. If you've got an afternoon block, for example, you really should tackle only two big things and most people tackle, they try to do too much and then they're always living under that, that banner of defeat, like I can never get on top of things. And then, you know, women in particular, we have such harsh internal voices. And so we start saying, well, you know, it might work for everybody else. I'm so stupid. I'm so busy. I'm a blah, 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 blah. And then that's kind of the worst thing that you can start doing. So I look for any ways that you can have successes every day because success builds on itself. So time, if you block the time, I think it's important. And then I think, like, I'm a big proponent on Leading, making sure that when you're scheduling time, you're scheduling time for the important things. You're scheduling time for what, you know, those are your rocks that you put in the jar. You're scheduling time for the pebbles, which are your commitments that you gotta do all the time. You gotta put those in there. So when are you gonna get that done? And then the sand or things like errands and emails, you gotta get those done too. But most people, especially women, don't do this. They don't put in air. And so I just schedule when I'm doing my time, I'm looking at all those things. And making sure that I'm taking the time for identifying what's really important that's going to move the needle and making sure I have that in the block of time so that I get that done. And then I do schedule time for my pebbles, which are the coaching calls, the commitments that are scheduled every week. So I don't have to think about it. And then I schedule, I have a day off a a week and I know I'm in a position that most people can't, but I take off every Friday. I call it Freedom Friday. It's my day. It's my air. No one knows. Everybody knows. Don't ask Charlene to do anything on that day. Because I, you know, I'll go to a museum. I'll meet a friend for lunch. I might read a book. I may just do nothing. I might schedule a massage. Whatever feeds my soul gets done on Freedom Friday. And i guard it. So I make sure I have time for all of those things. And you may not have the liberty like I do at your stage of life, but you can still decide I'm going to carve out 20 minutes that's mine. And then lastly, I've got to say this because it, it all falls together in a strategy, and that's that you got to train, and you've got to be the one who trains the world around you how to respect your time. And most of us don't do that. You have to train people around you how to do it. And if you don't train your world, everybody encroaches, and that's where the people feel like, oh, I'm just interrupted all the time, or this and that and the other world, you've trained your world, you're interruptible. So um, I like teaching people those little tricks, the little tricks so that you know how to effectively teach people around you how to best serve you and um, all that stuff, so anyway that's probably more than what you wanted to hear, but I those love- are things I really feel passionate about because if yeah. you get that under control, if you have five hours, you know, what to focus on, mm-hmm. if you've got 10 hours, you know what to focus on. If you've got 20 hours, you know what to focus on. Cause the principle is always there and, and it flexes with your life as you have it.
0: Well, it's funny that you are like, it's like you're speaking my language because it's funny. Um, I start my mornings every morning the same way. And, um, even when the kids are in school or even when i was working first for full time like i was getting up early and i was doing my work then and people would always leave like people women are always telling me that i coach well i can't my kids interrupt me or this and that happens and i'm thinking well you know what my kids are little like they're six seven and eight and i've been doing this since they were two three and four and never were they incapable of taking care of themselves for one Hour or never was their dad not able to chip in or whatever, but it was my guarded time. I taught them what to do during that time, and sure, it took practice and it took like constant reinforcement and explaining this is mommy's time when her door is closed. You may lay on my office playing on a game, but you may not talk to me and you may not interrupt me, and etc. etc. Grown to the point now where I can easily have until 9 a.m with children that feed themselves breakfast get themselves dressed and then we can start the day together when we both feel kind of accomplished so it's all doable it's all doable it's just whether or not it is to do it and i know that some people would likely judge me in terms of my parenting and the way that i start my day but that is how i get things done and that is how i'm able to parent with like a straight brain and not want to strangle their little cute faces (laughs) No, Lori, and I so agree, you know, because, you know, I told you, I've been in this 38 years.
1: When I started, can you still hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, When when I started in uh, network marketing, I was a senior in college. And so by the time I graduated, I started in January with the company I was with. And then in April, I was making enough money. I didn't get a job. I just focused on this. And then my husband and I were working together and our big passion was this was a vehicle to free us up financially to be able to be in ministry. And I just didn't wanna be poor and I didn't want anybody uh, being in control of our finances in that world if we were at all involved with um, church world or whatever, it's just not kind. So I was like, I don't want to do that. So that was a, our big why was like, let's just get to the spot. And, you know, we got to the spot in a couple of years where our tithe was really paying for somebody else's salary on staff at the church that my husband started um, back in that day. So our kids were little. They, um, they grew up as Shackley babies. They grew up in this world. And so what ended up happening uh, with them is that I had to teach them how to behave. And it's exactly what you're saying. And I think that sometimes people feel like they're guilty and kids are super resilient. They just want to be told what are the rules of the game and they want you to be consistent. And so, and I feel like that's with other people too. Like um, when I don't do in-home meetings anymore, but when I did, I always started on time because I felt like, why should I penalize the people who are late? I mean, people who are here on time for the people who showed up late Mm -hmm. when they got here on time. So it took about a month and a half when I was doing trainings Mm -hmm. for people to figure out because I was training the world around me that I'm not going to address this. I'm just going to start. If we said it started at seven, we start at seven on the dot. And, And I know people would think that's anal, but I had to think about it as I am training behavior around me without having to go, you guys are late. I never ever shamed anybody. I didn't go, oh, you're 10 minutes late. But man, the ones who showed up late consistently, they caught on. Then they started coming five minutes early. And I feel like with time in particular, mm-hmm. if you don't train people, they will look at you. And especially like if you're working this business at home and you got little kids, I could, would used to get people to call me and would say, Hey, could you babysit my kids? As if like I have, well, who am I Chop liver? I'm working. And so I had to train my world around me that no on Tuesdays and Thursdays are my days that I work. I could do it on Monday. If you want to swap on Wednesday, I'll be glad to take your kids on Monday if you swap with me on Wednesday. But I was training people around me without being, you know, you can do that and be kind.
0: Absolutely. And I think I, I tell, like I tell people one of, um, one of the things, and I was in a terrible cracks in life changed, but one of the beautiful things that came out of it was I started to say no to things things that were not that important, things that would take away my energy and my time. And we viewed time differently once you are in a totally new life. And, but that's what I tell everybody. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So you really need to be careful and you need to guard your time. Time is our most important resource in our personal lives. And if we're building something, even a family, a business, whatever it is, you need to know what your priorities are.
1: Yeah, and you know, in, in this business, sometimes you, you need to make a sprint. Uh, and it might be a 60 or 90 day sprint where you're really focused on something to move the needle in a direction you need it to move, or you're going to be doing a challenge or a training, or there may be something that you have to take advantage of that's a short term thing. Mm-hmm. But even that, like when the kids were little, I would train them and we would say, you know, mom and dad are going to be really focused on X, Y, Z. So we're not going to have family night this night, but in two weeks, we're going to go to the Holiday Inn right in town so they could swim. Um, And it was like, that's a a four-year-old can understand that. And so I was able to train them to say, I'm going to be super busy because I've got X, Y, Z. And I still do that to this day. Like there's sometimes when I'm going to work on a sprint. But then I'll go, Oh, it's okay, I'm going to be doing this, but I start training my world all around me. I'm, I'm doing this intensely, but I'm taking two months off. I'm going to be in Italy and I'm going to be out of pocket. Um, so I'm training people all the time mm-hmm. about how to expect me to show up, mm-hmm. but also how to how to manage that what I'm giving. Well, and after- so even in those sprints, I need to know that there's an end to this so yep. that I don't burn out.
0: Yes, 100%. And for the women that are struggling with kind of spouses that are not super supportive I think it's about keeping those community like those communication channels open and when I'm like you're saying sprinting it's an open kind of dialogue with my husband I remember the last sprint that I did it was going to be a particularly challenging one and I said look this is what it will look like if I go for this and this would be the outcome if I achieve it let's decide together whether it's worth it because it was a it was right before Christmas a very busy time in life And if he wasn't supportive of that, it would never, it it would have been just detrimental to absolutely everything. So you need to have that open communication. And I think sometimes it's because we're afraid to admit that we want something more from these businesses, to admit that we have big goals, to admit that this actually is a business indeed, right? Like it's not just something fun we're doing anymore. We're actually building something here. So I love this conversation. And
1: sometimes, you know, like, to be able to launch a business, momentum is key. But I explain to people momentum. And when I'm training a new distributor, I'll be upfront and say, let's look at your goals. Where do you want to go? And then let's determine, are you going to walk? Are you going to jog? Or are you going to sprint? Because then I can coach you differently based on what season of life you're in and what you're willing to put into it. But even if you choose to sprint, there's an end. If you're jogging, there's an end, and walking, you're just not going to get the same results because there's not enough momentum, but it's up to you. You can take the slow path. You'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just, let's not say that business didn't work because any business, like I've launched five other businesses besides this besides the network marketing business that I'm in. And each one took a, a lot of burst of energy and momentum to get it off the ground. That's life. And sometimes I think we're not willing to have those conversations because we want it to feel easy and fun. And it can be fun. It's just that sometimes, depending on where your goals are, it might require that. And that's where you've got to train the world around you that it's not going to be forever that there's gonna be measurable results at the end and you're gonna have a chance to reevaluate and all that, but the momentum is key. Mm-hmm. So we have to have honest conversations, I think in our industry uh, of what it's like. And yet then I, I'm a big proponent in our team. We have a saying and a hashtag that's grace over guilt and it, that's how we live. And it's like, life gets in the way, fine. Uh, you may say, I don't want to push, no big deal. You're just part of the team. That's great. You want to walk? There's no shame in walking. Just declare who you are and don't pretend you're sprinting when inside you're not. And then those who are sprinting need to know that if someone's jogging, they're not being bad. They chose to sprint or that they're not, if someone who's jogging can't feel superior over somebody who's walking or saying, wait, should I slow down? No, it's on your goals. That's Mm -hmm. why you're an independent contractor and you're in control of where you want to go. But I think having honest conversations like that. And then I've had people who have sprinted and burned out. And then I'm like, remember, I told you there's an end to this. Like, let's take a pause. Your customer base is great. Your team's in place. Our systems are working. There's no shame. Like I just had a conversation like two weeks ago with one of my team members and I basically forced her off of our group calls. And I said, you're taking a sabbatical. There's nothing wrong. Let these systems work for you. It works. So, um, I think it's important for us to have honest conversations. And once we do that, a lot of things click in place about how we manage ourselves in respect to how we use the time that's available.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's, it really is about respecting time, respecting ourselves, respecting what we're building, what our priorities are, what our goals and our like what our values are at the end of the day. Right. And I think that's really what the beautiful part of the message that you're giving today and the beautiful, like the amazing advice and that I hope everybody is writing down is that you are the one that's in control and you are the driver of your own ship. You determine where you're going, how fast you're going to get there, and you need to kind of set boundaries, right? And, and really be honest with what path you're on. Right. Yeah. And I really appreciate, do you have any last parting tips that you want to, I don't know, you've really given us like a lot of food for thought, but if you have any uh, final wisdom to impart on us, I would love it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I will speak to you as a grandmother in this business. Cause I feel like that I'm like a veteran. Um, and that's that let trust this business, it works, and if you set up proper systems, the systems work, and be careful about choosing the right ones, because um, I'll, I'll give you a personal example and story, and that's that I took 16 years off of working with my team actively and in those 16 years every month i was getting paid it does work you hear those stories that the reason you're in this is to be able to be financially free and you don't see a whole lot of people who do so if i can be a role model to you and say it does work i put in the systems and i needed that break my husband and i bought a country in in Virginia, where we were using it as a place for sabbaticals for burned out politicians and leaders in in nonprofits and stuff. And so it was like a lot of work. And I didn't have any, any, anything to give to my business. And it had been pretty well set. And I had a really strong team and an organization. So I told them all I was retiring and I took 16 years off and every month I got paid. So this works. And then, when I decided, you know, that time is over and I kind of miss it, and I want to go back to training people. And they had changed our compensation plan in our company. I came back to see what it was about. And I was like, wow, I could work under this. I love this. And so I came back. I came back at the highest new rank that they did, even though I hadn't worked for 16 years. So if you manage your time properly and you set up systems that people can follow and you decide you don't have to be the star of the movie, you're Yoda coaching everybody, then you do it. Because I think a lot of people get in the trap of, I need to lead my team. And I cringe when I hear that, because what I'm hearing is, I need to be the star of the movie. And I'm not the star of the movie, even though there's a lot of people in my company who know me, I have a lot of respect and all that, but I don't feel like I'm the star. What I am is the coach to a lot of people who you know, I want them to make more money than I do. Um, I want them to have success and I can, I'm there to cheer them on, but I'm not going to take that leadership role from them. I want them to be the stars with their own customers and their own people, etc. So if I can say anything, stick with this business, cause it's a great model for women in particular, because we have no financial limits. Um, there, if I was, In a normal job as a female executive, I would be getting paid a lot less than any male. And I can earn a heck of a lot. I do earn a lot more than most male friends that I sit on boards with. I make more than they do. But if I had not been in this industry, no way. I would be making a lot less. And so it's worth learning the skill set and going through what I call those first 20 hours to learn, that learning curve and sticking with it, don't make decisions about whether you're good at this or not. I was horrible when I started. I was shy, 20 year old, couldn't speak, English is not my first language, all kinds of stuff that I was battling, but I stuck with it. And I think somehow sticking with it, this becomes that personal development course that you will be drafting off. Everything I've done from this, Uh, Every board I've served on, every other business that I've done has all been on the backbone, not just financially of what this business has done for me, but I has been on the backbone of the skill sets that I've learned about people and all kinds of skills that I've learned that I wouldn't have had. I would, I couldn't learn it any other way. And you'll learn so much about yourself if you don't give up and you use every opportunity as an opportunity to learn.
0: Oh, I love that. And I don't really think you could have said anything better to end this call. So thank you so much for like taking the time away from your family to be on this call yeah. with me. I hope we stay connected afterwards because you are a breath of fresh air, tons of energy. And I just absolutely love everything that you shared with us today. So thank you so It'd be a pleasure. much. Thank you. And we are back. You guys, did you love the sound of that plane as it flew overhead? Did you love the somehow like assembly of cars that all of a sudden started going by this front porch? Guys, don't ever say that I'm not like um, rolling with the punches over here and I'm not just making it work amongst like a, a background that may not be ideal and perfect. And I figured I would still do the outro for this podcast outside. One, because the temperature is actually beautiful. Two, because I'm having a hard time getting up. Because my butt is asleep, but number three, just to show you that like things don't need to be perfect. Done is always better than perfect. And the message inside this episode, I think, really, really resonated with me. And I hope that it like got through to your core as well. You guys are all so capable of building absolutely anything you want. And if you take anything from Charlene's message today, it's it's be true to what goals that you have. If you're walking, you can walk. If you're jogging, jog. If you're running, be honest and set up those expectations around your life that's going to give you the freedom and the capability to run because sprints take a lot out of us and they take a lot of out of the people around us and you need that support team. And like I said in the message, one of the things that I do is I chat with Wayne every single Sunday. You guys know that I talk all the time about setting your week up for success every single Sunday, carving out 30 minutes to block out that time to work your business um, every day of that week ahead and planning ahead. Put your meal in there, put your appointments in there. And, and she talked about stones and sand and that's all of those things. Um, but then also getting on board with your partner and chatting through what that work week looks like who is going to pick up the kids from that who needs a little help and support over here with this. It's the way that Wade and I are able to kind of keep all of our balls in the air and the way that we're able to kind of keep our relationship really, really strong through life that's busy, life that throws and throw you a lot of curveballs. And when he has a busier week, I know that there's got to be some give and take in my business. And when I am sprinting, he knows that he's in charge of dinner that week or whatever it is. I wish he actually he was in charge every week. But anyways you guys long long-winded way to say you've got this. Be honest, set those boundaries, set those systems in place. You can build everything that you absolutely want inside your business. You just need to like set it out and go for it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you here this time next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, and hopefully without the same background noise